Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast series, season number two, episode 159. Today's topic will be children that kill. Nothing more in life despises us more than a, an adult, a teenager that killed a young child, Gacy. Dahmer, just a list of others to go on and on and on. But we very seldom think of children being the killers themselves. Like in the first case we're going to talk about, Mary Bell. Mary Bell seems like a very old traditional name given to a young child that was well known in school. Maybe part of the debate team. However, Mary Mary's mother, Betty Betty Bell had married an individual named Billy Bell. It was always unclear whether Mary, Bill was Mary's uh, biological father. The family uh, lived during uh, hard economical times in uh, Scotwood, an area of Newcastle where, you know, the typical suburban domestic violence, drunkardness, and criminal behavior were typical events. But Mary herself quickly began engaging in her own type of crimes. In May of uh, 1968, Mary Bell committed the first of two of her shocking murders. On the day before her 11th birthday, Mary strangled a four-year-old boy in a, uh, a nursing home. And before leaving, uh, she placed a note claiming her responsibility. Mary at that time was accompanied by uh, a friend. A month later, Mary and her same friend strangled a three-year-old boy in the same area. She returned to the crime scene and car- carved the big M into the boy's stomach along with scratching his legs and mutilating his Gentiles. Well, mutila- mutilization of Gentiles means that somebody in her family probably sexually assaulted her. Uh, Mary was convicted of the manslaughter. She was released in 1980. Um, and uh, during her... Um, after being released, she filed a, a court uh, a court case to for the high court uh, to suppress uh, anonymity, uh, so that she she wouldn't be associated with the uh, crimes that she uh, had committed. So who do we have next? Let me see who who could we bring up next here? Jordan Brown.
February 20th, 2009, 11-year-old Jeremy Brown murdered his 26-year-old father, his fiance, who was eight months pregnant at the time. Her unborn son was also killed. Uh, It was basically, she was sleeping in bed in uh, the New Beaver, uh, Pennsylvania farmhouse. Uh, Brown shot her in the back of the head using a uh, gun given to him by his father. Uh, Hoax Younger's daughter uh, alerted uh, nearby adults to the situation after Brown had gotten on the school bus. Police arrived later uh, to find a shotgun in the house with a uh, that had been discharged. Uh, Jordan was uh, interviewed by the Pennsylvania State Police twice that day at the incident before being arrested. The following morning, it was later confirmed that uh, the fiance was killed by a, uh, a 20 gauge shotgun. Uh, prosecutors speculated that Brown killing his stepmother was because he was angered by uh, the pending birth of a new sibling and was jealous. Um, So it's not only the adults that kill adults. Then we have um, the next case is Cindy Collier and Cheryl Wolf. On the day that uh, Shirley Wolf turned 14, um, she helped uh, with the murder of a great grandmother in her uh, condominium. Wolf wrote in a journal, Today Cindy and I ran away and killed an old lady. It was lots of fun. Wolf had uh, now uh, 15-year-old Cindy Collier less than a day uh, less than a day when they uh, decided to uh, knock on uh, various doors of the condominium complex in uh, Auburn, California. Uh, the girls used the innocent demeanor uh, to take advantage in order to get into the apartment. Of uh, older re- residents, they uh, their tactics like uh, asking for directions, glass of water, I'm lost. Can I use your phone? Some of the senior citizens weren't, uh, weren't fooled and felt uh, unsettled, so they didn't let them in. Others obviously let them in. Uh, the kind of helpful uh, Anna uh, Brackett, who was uh, 86. A uh, former seamstress decided to let the girls into the house. Uh, unaware it could cost her her life, uh, Becca let them in. They brutally stabbed her uh, for her car. Wolf grabbed uh, Brackett by the throat and threw her on the floor while Collier uh, handed her a knife from the kitchen. Wolf repeatedly stabbed her in the neck until she bled to death. Um, no one can believe that teenage girls were responsible for the uh, heinous act, but uh, Placer County Sheriff deputy interviewed Wolf. She confessed within minutes later. Collier affirmed uh, after what she did, uh, she wanted to do another one. We just want to kill someone, just just for fun. The two were found guilty of first-degree murder. So, you know, it's, it's very interesting how children become so susceptible to this this type of uh, 
violent act. The next one is Graham Young. Uh, Young had been fascinated with poisons. He attempted to uh, poison his father, stepmother, younger sister, and several classmates, and at one point even himself. He used the poison, made them violently ill. The symptoms included vomiting, diarrhea, um, simple, you know, simple com uh, things of uh, simple symptoms of being poisoned. Uh, when he was 14, in November of uh, 61, Young ser served his sister Winifred a cup of uh, tea. Uh, exposed to uh, the poison, or tainted with poison, a better term, that later caused her hallucinations. Uh, she was later taken to the hospital where doctors came to the conclusion that she had consumed uh, the poison uh, Atrophia belladonna. I'm not sure what that is, but it, it doesn't sound like it's anything I would want to be eating or putting in my coffee, but who knows. Young eventually killed uh, his stepmother. And after the 15-year-old was uh, sent to the psychiatric ward, the uh, police uh, were brought in. Young landed himself uh, a psychiatric. He was placed in a psychiatric facility. Um, he was dubbed the teacup poisoner. Uh, he killed a fellow inmate and poisoned several staff members before being uh, released nine years later. Uh, he would eventually uh, land back in prison in 1970. Uh, to live out the rest of his um, his prison term, um, he poisoned at least seven people. So you see, it's not as simple as we think, is it? We see little kids walking down the street, how friendly they are, how nice they are, how innocent they are. But are they really innocent? I mean, nothing like having two cubes of sugar, some milk, and some poison in your coffee in the morning. Those people wonders. Maybe it doesn't. David Brom is known as the mattress murderer. Uh, having killed nearly his entire family, parents, brother, and sister, with an axe on February of uh, 1988. Murders happened after Bourne got into a fight with his father in the Minnesota home. The night before, the morning after the murder, the 16-year-old skipped school and convinced a fellow student to uh, um, brag about uh, what he did in graphic detail, uh, that he killed his family. Uh, Bourne informed the student that he had gotten into an argument at about 11.30 at night over the music he was listening to. He then stayed awake until three and entered the parents' room and killed, killed him. Killed his father first. He attacked his brother and killed his mother and sister later. Interesting. The news, the news uh, reached the school administration, who notified police initially. Bourne's case was referred to the juvenile court system. You see, this is what, what this is the issue we have now, and I'm going to expound on this just because it needs to be. Our, our legislation, they're, they're, you know, Neophytic uh, mentality decided that they wanted to exchange, exchange the, extend the age range of juveniles here in the state of Connecticut. Well, here's the problem. You know, the kid just whacked his whole family, and you want to treat them like a juvenile, 
anybody that whacks their whole family needs to go to the court, uh, the adult court system. So these these judges and these legislators, they they in this in the state of Connecticut just need to, I don't know, they need to all be fired or whatever they do with these people. Uh, born was sent into the adult judicial system. Born defense was insanity, and much of the trial and media attention focused on whether or not Brian was legally insane at the time of the crime in October '89. He was convicted of first-degree murder and was given three consecutive life sentences. He remains in prison today. Well, that's good, because if he got out of pr- prison tomorrow, he'd be killing somebody else. So, nothing for nothing, but you got to keep these little little Eddie Munsters, uh, you know, they need to be kept where they belong, and that's in prison, because, you know, the youngest person that could kill someone in the United States, or actually, that's recorded, was seven years old, the oldest, 97, so... You have a 90-year span there where anybody in between 7 and 97 can kill somebody. So um, just some advice. If you notice your kid's acting really peculiar, listening to um, nowadays online, looking at things that are basically violent-orientated, um, makes mention of killing family members or people. He's acting irrational. Uh, just keep an eye on that kind of stuff because uh, it happens, people. You know, just don't think your kid's having a bad day. I mean, uh, you know, look at those two parents in that school down there. Uh, I forgot what county it was uh, this, this year. Uh, his parents went into the, the school with him. <clears throat> they had given him a, a gun a few weeks prior to the present. Um, the kid snuck the gun into the school while the two parents were actually in there uh, at a parents-teacher meeting. Uh, the school kind of fucked up because uh, the kid should have been required to go home with the parents without going to his uh, locker like normally done is done. Uh, the difference with civilian entities in the school uh, versus the police. Police need probable cause or a search warrant to go into the locker. School administration and civilian security guards do not. They can go in there, reasonable suspicion that any type of contraband is in there, and obviously it's going to be contraband. He, he walked away from the, the uh, teacher-parent meeting, um, took out a gun, and shot and killed students. Um, and then the parents later attempted to um, hide evidence. So, there you go. That's another one of our episodes. Oh, not much different than a lot of the other one. Uh, the next one, I think 160 is going to be an, an update on the uh, part four of the uh, Providence, Rhode Island uh, Roy Weber homicide. Um, we're going to get into who the mystery man is that they always have pictures of. Um, we'll talk about that in some depth. And uh, until the next time I see you, don't get yourself stuck in a dark place, dark at night, dark in a place you don't know where the exit is, or you don't have an escape route, because you could be the next person we're talking about on this episode, or the next episode, maybe the episode after that. But we'll be talking about you.